I got what you love. I am your plug. Uh, uh. And we are back. That's right. Back again for another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you. Got your main man for us in the building. This is where you throw in, you know, the sound lid <laughs> clap. And with me, my boy, Stir Fry Attack. Yes, sir. Stir Fry in the building. How we doing? Man, we chilling, my brother. We chilling. You know what I'm saying? We just started a new job. You know what I'm saying? Working for FIFA. Light flex, mm. you know what I'm saying? But we don't need to go into too much <laughs> details, you know. But it's been good, man. But feeling good. What about yourself, man? How you living? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Not, no complaints on this side. So uh, that's, that's all we can ask for. Yes, sir. Ski. Yes, sir. Ski, man. And the funny thing is, right, saying no complaints, you'd think the Knicks would be number one in the Eastern Conference. But unfortunately, you know, that's not quite the case. They say happiness, function of expectations. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of us Knicks fans, we like to get carried away, but I, I'd like to keep myself grounded. You know what I'm saying? So, if you're expecting to shoot for the stars and you land on the moon, could be worse. You could be worse, exactly. Yup, yeah, yup, yeah, yup, man. But but that's good, man. With that being said, we're talking about the New York Knickerbockers, man. We, we've had some action, some movement in the starting lineup. Uh, you want to touch on your New York Knicks, my friend? So if you haven't heard by now, Coach Tibb came out and said on a day there were no games, just practices. But uh, there was some cameras and some people out there that wanted to ask some questions. But Tibbs came out and said that he is removing Kemba Walker. You heard me. Kemba Walker removed out of the starting rotation, out of the rotation completely, saying and this is, and I quote from Tibbs, he is shrinking the rotation and it would be hard to play three small guards together. Those three guards. Derrick Rose, who's right now injured, shocking, Emmanuel Quickly, and Kemba Walker. So Kemba got the short end of a stick. You know what I'm saying? The Knicks are 10-8 and eight right now in the season. We're recording this before the game, which would be yesterday, against the Brooklyn Nets. But a little bit of a shock, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's all about expectations. Um, how did you expect this Knicks team to be after 20 games? Maybe two more wins? Maybe they're 12-6 and six instead of 10-8? and eight. But... I mean, for me, this was about what I expected. You probably would have, I would have assumed they lost to some of the better teams like the Bucks and the Bulls and beat some of the bad teams like the Magic. But at the end of the day, this is where I thought they would sit. So to see them make a move, this is a drastic move. To kick a guy that you just brought in, like you were mentioning before he jumped on wax, to be a big part of the plan of the future and to say, no, you're not even going to come off the bench. You are out of the rotation. That's a big shakeup, man. What did you make of it? Yeah, um, I'm with you 100%. It's, you know, Kemba Walker is a big name. You know, he's having some down seasons, maybe on the back end of his career, back end of his prime kind of ordeal. But Kemba Walker can still contribute. You know, he can still go out. I'm not going to sit and tell you he can average 30, but on any given night, he can cook you up 30. You know what I mean? He's got that ability. And again, you went and you signed him. Uh, you mentioned that they're throwing in it's it's Burks into the starting point guard role, who's not a true yeah, point guard. Yeah, he's been playing well, but he, you're right. No not doubt, a true point guard. no doubt, been playing well, you know. But I mean, I figured between Kemba Walker, Julius Randle, you got some firepower between you guys. You started building up some of these young guys. RJ Barrett is really starting to catch a little. You know, he has some down, some ups and some downs, but he's really starting to get his 
his place into the NBA and starting to be very, very consistent for the Knicks, you know? Um, so this move shocked me. You know, Thibs obviously is getting paid the big bucks to be the coach, so maybe there's something that he sees that we don't. But the way that I look at it as it's 18 games into the season, it's way too early to just give up on Kemba. You know, I think his, his reasoning as well, and we know Th- Thibs is a defensive-minded coach, which is something Kemba Walker doesn't bring. Maybe that has something to do with the equation, but I don't think it's time to give up on Kemba quite just yet, you know, especially given and you, Derek Rose is out. But continue. And you, you used the word give up. So so that leads me to ask you something. So I read the quote, it would be hard to play three small guards together. I'm going to tell you what Tib said right after that. And let me know, Let you let me know what you think this reminds you of, all right? So right after he said it would be hard to play three small guards together, he said, I have great respect for him and all he's accomplished. Frost, what does that sound like? What are those the type of words you say after? Like, I have great respect for him and all he's accomplished. There's an emphasis on to that. To me, that sounds like a eulogy, bro. <laughs> Kemba's gone. There's an emphasis on that ED. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, Past man. tense, you know? Kemba's out of there, man. And to be quite frank, the way Tibbs is making it seem as he's out of the league. But, you know, Kemba's got a lot to contribute still. Um, I think he can contribute to any of these, you know, losing teams. I think he can come in on a winner, something that maybe fits his playing style a little bit more, more you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, eulogy, no doubt, an obituary, you know what I mean? So, man, that's tough. You hate to see it because a lot of us are Kemba fans, you know. Yeah, and it was the coming home, you know what I mean? They brought Fat Joe out for the press conference. If it was just Evan Fournier, Fat Joe is not coming. You know what I'm saying? They're probably not even in the garden. It's probably on Zoom. But this was coming home. This was New York. You know what I'm saying? This was doing it big. And I think there's a few reasons why this happened, man. Like, 10 and 8 is not awful, but it's the way it's looked. And you know Tibbs. He's a defensive-minded coach. He wants to play defense. That ain't really Kemba's strong suit, okay? Height is a factor right he said three small guards he doesn't want to play at the time yeah height is a factor but it doesn't tell the whole story man Kemba has been a defensive liability he's been up and down on offense he's had some great games and he's had some bad games but defensively even if he's in the right spot he's rotating he's contesting with the hand in the shooter's face he's still only six nothing you know what i'm saying like it's only going to do so much and a lot of these guys are making shots in his face even when he's playing defense as good as you could play it i mean um it's inconsistent ability and availability. Like, they're having to rest him on back-to-backs. He's coming in and out of the lineup. It's a lot of the issues that the Boston Celtics fans would recognize from last year. Um, there's no doubt that he could score. Pull-up shooter. He's shooting 40% from three. So it's not the offense. Like, it's it's really just he'd become a crater-sized hole on defense, a revolving door. Yeah. And um, that's not Tibbs. It's not Tibbs. Nah, not at all, man. And I think, you know, other teams, like I'd mentioned before, can be able to make an immediate impact. But uh, with the coaching style and, and the next direction, like you said, 10 and 8 is actually pretty, pretty good for this, this point in the season, you know. But the way that it looked, you know, good losses, excuse me, good wins to against good teams and, and bad losses against bad teams. You know what I mean? And uh, with the way the Knicks outperformed their expectations last season, we expected them to do the same thing. You know, last year we didn't expect them to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. This year we expected them to make the playoffs. We, excuse me. We expected them to go deep into the playoffs. 
they might be a first round exit. You know what I mean? So we do have to kind of dial back down our expectations. I'm not trying to disrespect you. That's not what I'm saying at all. You know? But no, it's, it's not. It's not. I've already internalized that myself. You know what I'm saying? You're speaking truth. Yeah. And with that being said, I mean, you guys picked up weapons like Evan Fournier, Animal, Kemba Walker, if you use them as good. But between Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson, you, you got a squad. Emmanuel Quickly Burks, you got a squad. And you. you- and you picked up on it. We brought in weapons, and those weapons were supposed to make Julius Randle's life easier, right? So we easier. saw what happened in the playoffs, right? He was tasked with doing it all and ended up doing nothing. But these weapons, Evan Fournier, Kevin Walker, have not made Julius Randle's life easier. It seems like the opposite's happening. His numbers are down in every category. He's less efficient. The turnovers are spiked. And so that calls for something to be changed. If at nothing else... To get Julius Randle back on track. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, that didn't work in Atlanta. That was the first game with Kemba being out. Alex Burke started, and Julius Randle was awful. But we did win the game. So I don't know. We'll see. And I must have felt. I've better. expressed my doubts on this podcast about Julius Randle returning to last year. So I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it's funny. Last year, there was no way I thought he was going to be where he's at, and this year, I'm a believer. So <laughs> it's funny how things change. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, with that being said, moving on, man. We got some big moves over Milwaukee, man. Boogie bust a move. These men signed DeMarcus Cousins. I like it. I love it. And shouts out to Boogie, man. Shouts out to DeMarcus Cousins. You know, hoop plug, verified soldier. You know what I'm saying? We support this guy, DeMarcus mm. Let him know. He was a beast back in the day, Sacramento days. Uh, I know he's bounced around. DeMarcus has become a professional ring chaser. And um, I just wish the best. I hope he finds a real role and finds some real health along with the Fountain of Youth. Make three stops when you're down there in Milwaukee, please. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm with you. I love the move. We're all big Boogie fans. You know what I'm saying? Um, DeMarcus Cousins does a great job. In today's NBA, you know what I mean? We knew him as a dominant force average in 26 and 14, which is unheard of. But he can spread the floor as a big man. He can block. And if he's focused on it, excuse me, rebound, I mean. But if he's, if he's focused on it, he can play defense. Definitely an offensive-minded player. Definitely an offensive spark off the bench. Or I think you can insert him into the starting lineup with limited minutes until you get Brooke Lopez fully back from injury, you know. Um, I think it's a great move. Let's just see what Boogie can do because my whole worry about him is mobility, especially after the injuries that he suffered and the number of injuries that he suffered, you know? Top of that, always been a big guy. I don't see him losing weight, you know? So so let's see what happens. And it's not like his game was built on athleticism, right? Uh, He's going to be able to score down low off of brute force and skill. He's super skilled. Still, I put I put money on it that he's a top 10 skilled big man in the league today, no uh, even with the amount of time he's missed. But like you said, the mobility is going to be a problem on defense. Um, but on offense, he fits right into that Brooke Lopez role. So, so fluently, so seamless. Um, Drew, Giannis, they're going to all generate Middleton. They're going to all generate easy looks for him. Yeah. He's going to be able to knock some down. He's going to off kill on the glass, like you were saying. So there's a chance it works. I hope. I hope it does. Me too. I'm with that. I'm with that. Like we said, big boogie fans. You know, we want to see him actually. You Absolutely. Know, get a little bit more ring, a little bit more honor before he retires. <laughs> you know. Thought you say rings. Yeah, rings too. Because well, his ring chasing it ain't really going too well, he's man. He jumps. Ch- 
Listen, he's chasing him and he's not getting him. It looks bad, man. It does not look good. But speaking of ring chasing, a team that DeMarcus Cousin chased, we got some big news. Huge news down in Oakland, man. You want to intro this topic? And not only does Oakland have the best record in the association, they also have two young studs. I said two. We probably heard about one, but two young studs on the way back. Because right now on the Santa Cruz Warriors, please don't play Santa Cruz right now. If you're in the G League, you do not want to play Santa Cruz. Yo, Zaire Wade. <laughs> Pray you ain't scheduled against them, man. Yo. <laughs> Facts. Clay Thompson down there, and so is James Wiseman. And rumor has it, Clay Thompson cleared 100% full go down there in the G League for the Santa Cruz Warriors. And guess what he did for us? What did he Came do? back like the true sniper he is. And made his first 14 shots against the Street League team. Bro. <laughs> they had a little scrimmage, bro. Hit first 14. Yo, just splashing, cashing out. I don't know if you noticed the new jersey number he's done. And that's the 77th best player of all mm. time. <laughs> yeah, he's pissed about that. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, bro. No, yeah. that's the reason he's wearing that number jersey. He said he's pissed about that. So, you know, he's going to show everyone that, you know, y- y'all slept on me. Which I personally think they did. I love Clay, uh, not only for the basketball, not only for the marksmanship, but he's he's like a laid back assassin. Yeah. Like there's not too many archetype people like that. You know what I'm saying? Where they're so chill, but if you talk to him or ask him about something, you can get the real out of Clay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He's gonna chill with his dogs in the <laughs> off season, chill on a boat, you know, doing real domestic shit. But he he a real killer, yo. Especially when he get on that court. Clay's a killer, man. Killer Clay, and. Uh Sky is the limit. I mean, what the Warriors have only lost two games, three games. What has it been? Two games. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's four. Um, four games. I could be wrong though. I think. With that being said, though, Clay comes back. What kind of run do they go on? I mean, they they obviously get better. I don't care how much time Clay has missed. Players like Clay, players like Steph, players like KD, they can miss as much time in the world once they're healthy. Their game style translates to any system in the NBA. Literally knocking down shots from anywhere they want off minimum dribbles if they choose to do it that way. Clay is the least dribbles out of all of them. You know what I mean? But, man. That's facts. This and is, let me not discredit them. They're 18-2. and two. Continue, though. I, I'm telling you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was going to go crazy and say, does this team go 70 wins? I know it sounds no. crazy. <laughs> Dude, 20 games in. That's a quarter of the season. They've lost two games. Multiply that by four. I, they're definitely on pace. And I will even go as far to say they're capable. Okay. But I do not think this team, after the 70-win season that they already had, they learned their lesson, man. You don't they ain't going to go that hard in the regular season again. Steph's got injuries. He's getting older. <laughs> Yo, Clay's honestly, just back, yeah. Clay's just coming back. You said it. I think Steve Kerr would start sitting him like, yo, yo, we we got to pace this. We noticed I, he's I been doing that with Steph, too. Every time they go up big, Steph's been playing 20, 30 minutes. Any, like Sometimes when they're like, not. Yeah, yeah. They're building. They've been so good. They're building these 20-point leads with him on the bench sometimes. That's yeah. the crazy part. Yeah. But you know what's an interesting thing? The James Wiseman angle. Like, this team has been so good with the small lineups. Gary Payton just 
being a ball hawk, Alec Caruso type on the court, playing like Bruce Bowen, small ball four. Draymond's been playing like he's seven foot. Draymond's Draymond's playing real big, depoy candidate, uh, like back to his prime on defense, I would say. I mean, the foot speed's probably taking a step down, but yeah. still like IQ is covered up for it. Does James Wiseman fit? They spent the first round pick. He's a prized possession. He's their youngest asset, like youngest prime asset. Yeah. They're going to have to work him in, but it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. It's going to be interesting because he's not really known for his three-point shooting. He might hit one or two out of ten. You know what I mean? Doesn't even but take that many. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting. They need this. They do need a, a solid big man. If not off the first unit, off the second unit, you know, to hold it down. Because there's no one as good as Draymond Green at that size in the NBA on the defensive end of the floor. You know, being able to play the center position against guys who are 6'11 and 7' and dominating them a lot of the time, you know what I mean? So I think James Wiseman is an addition regardless. He's going to give them rebounding, which, again, I want to say they need, which they do on paper, but they're fine. Like, they're they're clicking on all cylinders, and you really got to give a shout-out to their young guys, man, guys like Damian and Lee and guys coming off the bench, man. There's a lot of confidence after that year, they all played with Steph, and, and it shows. You know, it really shows. So, yeah. And there Jordan was also, Poole. I mean, obviously people, yeah, Jordan Poole, another. Hooping. Mm, Hooping. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I thought I was I, saying I, <laughs> Jordan Poole, and I said Damian Lee. What the fuck? But <laughs> now, Damian Lee is pretty nice, too, though. He's hooping, but not Jordan Poole is hooping. Like, he's playing well, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. The uh, something that's also interesting with this squad, right? There's so many parallels with the old team. I think the first run of a finals this Warriors team was going to, there was a lot of question about how good is Steve Kerr or is this a team that's just ready met for success, right? They saw Luke Walton coach this team to like 10 wins in a row. Yeah. And that was just like, you know what? We saw Mark Jackson really grow this team into the foundation of what they became. Um, and there was a lot of questions about, okay, is Steve Kerr really a good coach or did he just benefit from a great situation? I think what he's did, what you just talked about with the young players is his best case. Like Jordan Poole, he made Gary, he found a role for Gary Payton to thrive. Like Gary Payton was a G League bounce, like journeyman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Damian Lee bouncing he probably a fringe nba player on 27 other nba teams yeah it's it's impressive what he's been able to do with this squad seriously and i think it's both situation and capability so i think steve kerr did get handed a 90 percent, 95 percent situation the cake and was pretty much done. The cake was done, honestly. But I think this is where, like you said, Steve Kerr's finest work is yet ahead of him. Because, you know, to go from a completely discombobulated team, you don't have he to... He suffer through that. He yeah. suffered. And I'm not going to lie. He did the best that they could do because the Warriors lost close games and won a lot more than you thought they would with sometimes Steph not even playing, but Steph and then... Jordan Poole, who last year honestly was irrelevant, Damian Lee, John Toscano, Anderson, all these guys who were nobodies, like you said, fringe, some of them fringe G League players, like you mentioned about Gary Payton, you know, but uh, Steve Kerr was able to coach them, and one name we haven't mentioned that has really been, and people might give me some, some slack for it or whatever, they might give me some hate for it, 
Andrew Wiggins is so slept on. He's been that second mm. guy that's really I kept mean, the team even together. Him. We don't want <laughs> even thinking about him because he's Andrew Wiggins and, you know, draft day, you know, saying Drake song. Yeah, we expected yeah. him to do a lot more than he did. But Andrew Wiggins is the glue that holds his Golden State Warriors down. He's the only one other than Steph. Other than that big three, he has superstar potential. He has the potential to go off. He's dominant on both ends of the floor. Andrew Wiggins, even though he's a small, big name, he's a big name nonetheless. And that's a guy who deserves a lot of credit for what's going on in Golden State. Yeah, man. I mean, I think part of it goes back to Steve Kerr because he got Andrew to buy in and and compete on both ends of the ball where it was just offense, especially in Minnesota. But, I mean, the consistency, like – He's now averaging over 20 a game. And if you want to fit this mold, and like I was doing before, compare them to the old Warriors, he's now going to be a better version of that second-year Harrison Barnes that they had. Like the athletic wing that can play defense and shoot. He's going to be that third option when Clay comes back on offense. And they still have the other guards. They still have Damian Lee. They still have Jordan Poole playing with a boatload of confidence. Like... To be honest, their starting lineup potentially, which is obviously Steph Clay, uh, Steph Clay, Wiseman, Draymond, and uh, Andrew Wiggins. That's a scary. Team. Wiseman isn't a givey to me. Huh? Wiseman isn't a givey. Wiseman, wise, I said Wiseman isn't a give me. I think especially in playoff time, it's going to be a matchup thing. Yeah, you think? Like depending on the series, he's going to start or not start. Yeah. I mean, if they, if like they catch nuggets, the Suns, starting. if Nuggets, Suns, I think so. Lakers, I think so. But what other teams in the playoffs well, I, in the in, in the East? Maybe, I don't know, the Magic. Excuse me. Oh, the, the, the West. The, uh, the West, sorry. The Mavericks, maybe the Jazz. The Jazz are big. All the Western Conference teams are lo- oh, like yeah. kind of huge at center, you know? The only team that yeah, plays small ball is the Warriors, and they're better than everyone else who are not <laughs> playing. So it just doesn't make any sense, you know? No, that's true. It's, it's like you got the you got the JV guys with one of the best players of all time and Steph Curry who shoots the lights out beating every single varsity team. It's kind of crazy. I hate yeah, to call I mean, JV. at this point, it looks like the only thing that could derail the squad is injuries. Yeah. And uh, let's hope that, the, that it doesn't happen, man. Yeah, man. Um, with that being said, we already showed a lot of love to the Golden State Warriors, man. We'll, we'll let them prove if all the gas that we're giving them is really worth it. So we'll see. Now, this is something that I got to introduce this next topic, man. You know, Chicago, Charlotte, Mm. you know what I mean? Both cities that start with CH, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, Chicago, Charlotte, we had the battle of the ball brothers, man. And it was something to watch. Lonzo LaMelo going at it all night. Both of them a little bit overshadowed by DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Both went off. These fools are crazy. Both averaging like 25 points a game. You know, but with that being said, man, it was a show at the United Center. Uh, Lonzo actually finished. LaMelo's who had actually the better game. Uh, Lonzo actually finished with 16 points, 8 assists, and 1 rebound, whereas LaMelo actually finished with 18 points, 13 assists, and 7 rebounds. Near triple-double against Big Bro, but... I think the- I'm going to argue against it, though. It was the efficiency, you know what I mean? I think Big Bro won that matchup. You know, he you only think? missed two shots on the night, yeah. and they walked away with the dub. The dub I by itself is enough. I think that's but- a win. Oh, yeah. I think that's a win. And there was one other uh, factor in that basketball contest. We had LeVar Ball sitting sideline with the hat that said, I told you so. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Uh, and a shirt featuring both of his sons. 
don in their own uniform. So, yeah. of course, Triple B's were involved in the action on that shirt as well. <laughs> but it was a know. lovely sight, man. It just reminded us of like five years ago when Lonzo's breaking into the league. Lamella's over there in Lithuania. And uh, just the world was so different. You know what I'm saying? Lifetime but the thing that change. was consistent was LeVar screaming about his two sons, three sons, and how good they're going to be. So hopefully Jello can crack the league. It doesn't seem like he's getting much of an opportunity down there in the G League, but I think we'll see. We'll his see. situation is going to be exactly like Seth's. Three, four, five years mm. in the G League. LaMelo's going to blow the hell I think up. You're right. Lonzo, same thing. And he's going to get a very consistent role. Because look at Seth. Seth is thriving right now, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, but with that being said, though, I want also want to give a shout-out to the least talked-about all-star in the Chicago, Chicago Bulls. My boy Vooch back, Nikola Vucevic back from injury. Mm, big game. 30 and 14, bro. That's a huge game. You know what big, I mean? Big, big game. Big game. Hitting you know them trees. Saying? You know Sniping. what I mean? So that was great to see, you know. Uh, blocked, excuse me, canceled out Scary Terry's 30. So that felt nice. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, all around good season for the Bulls. It was a good-hearted family game. At the end of it, there was some chippiness from the fans. Lamelo gets to the free throw line. Uh, United Center starts shouting, Lonzo's better. La-, you know what I'm saying? So that was lit. LaMelo started laughing, you know? But it's cool, man. It's all family love, you know, between the ball oh, brothers. Oh, yeah. That is pretty cool, man. That's good to see. Uh, it was a good game, though. That was a good, not even only a good game. It was a good, like, it was just a feel-good story. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you like to see that type of stuff in the league. I mean, honestly, man, 100... 3319 man we had 250 points scored you know what i mean we had uh multiple players i think each team had six or seven guys in double figures uh like you said you had the feel good story man it was a good game and i got to see my chicago bulls get the w mm. so that was always a, that's always a good time well with that said that's going to do it another episode of the hoop plug in the books yes sir ross as always let them know where to put that flavor. Before I tell you where to put the flavor in the ear, <laughs> just wanted to say real quick, guys, uh, shouts out to y'all. Continue supporting us. Don't forget to follow us at hoop underscore plug underscore, you know what I'm saying? During our hiatus, y'all were there strong. Showed y'all support, you know what I'm saying? Don't forget to check us out. Hoop plug on YouTube. Hoop plug on Facebook. Anywhere you go is hoop plug, baby. Put some flavor in your ear.